Hey everybody, welcome into the Haven Podcast, our part two, and I'm going to say part two of two, I think it's going to be the final part of our coverage slash thoughts, feelings, reviews, other types of ish that you feel and experience for E3 2019. And uh, how, how you liking it so far? Huh? You, you enjoying it? You enjoying the 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 shows huh you join the conferences are you are you as disappointed overall with it as i am (laughs) Uh, oh no no in all seriousness it's been a um for me personally it's been a very mediocre e3 and i'm sure there's people out there like well i was on reddit and fuck all these insiders teasing hype and megatons it never came true we should have known better it's going to be next year when they do the next console reveals and blah, blah. And yeah, yeah, you're, you're probably right. But I don't know. I think it's been fine. Um, definitely not one of the best E3s, but there's still more to go. And we're seeing a new trend, I think, with the gameplay reveal. So I know, for example, some of the games they talked about on Xbox's stage or they just showed the trailers for. They had gameplay coverage of it on an episode of Inside Xbox, and that will continue on later this week um but the reason i'm doing part two of two is not because no i hate nintendo it's just dedicating one episode to them i think would just be kind of a waste of like what i'm going to recap that in 10 minutes and there we go Um, i'm definitely going to cover what they do on this week's uh weekly video game hit on friday when we get back to kind of our normal schedule and what have you but um no i'm still looking forward to nintendo i'm hoping Nintendo fucking saves it (laughs) i mean Figures cross, like give me the new Switch announcement. Uh, give me some of your awesome games. Hopefully, you've been working on. You know, I, I love the Switch, and I mean, I'm hoping for more Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. That would be amazing. But that's not why you listen. As of right now, that is, um, you're listening for the latest and greatest and a three coverage. I, I'm not gonna lie. After watching three press conferences and trying to keep up with everything is going on and starting day one of a new job i'm a little tuckered but that doesn't mean i'm here for you guys we're pushing 9 p.m pacific time my brain is turning to mush a little bit so so, oh that's my phone see professional outlet we got going on here (laughs) but i'm gonna beast through it for you guys because i am just i'm like xerxes i'm so giving (laughs) um i got a case of the giggles um so with that said let's let's jump into it and I know I said on part one, I was like, fuck Bethesda, I'm not going to cover it. But after I saw the reactions of the vast majority of people in regards to Bethesda's Sunday night conference, I I had to see the train wreck. I had to see the shit show for myself. And oh boy, was it a doozy. So I'm, I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but um, I went through and I did like the DVR skip of the Bethesda show on YouTube and holy crap. So during this entire conference that was just so fucking boring and way too long and it just needed to stop, there's some asshole in the crowd just yelled like Jason Momoa from Aquaman. Like at every fucking thing they talked about. And then at one point Pete Hides when he came out on stage, he's like, we love mobile games just like you do. And I'm like, how is no one booing? How is no one like you are so fucking delusional? Um, it, it just it amazes me. And I, I will always love this new trend of developers that come on these stages and they go out of their way 
to be like we are doing the first thing ever to ever happen in a video game we will have it so you play with five other people <laughs> and it's like you're not groundbreaking anything like go fuck yourself like they showed the new wolfenstein game i was like oh cool i like wolfenstein and i'm watching the two daughters of um oh Blasowitz and stuff and I was like oh that's cool you know like I, I can get behind that I'm not going to play it day one like I just have personal issues with Bethesda so that's my biasism I'm going to be completely honest with you so I'm I'm looking at this unfortunately through the lens or through glasses of just not hatred but just like kind of disgust with the company so it's really hard for me to support them with my money and, and what have you so yeah the asshole yelling and then i guess there was a situation where todd howard had a hot mic behind he went behind the curtain and he got like caught cussing or something or talking about if i have to go out there again or some shit <laughs> i'm like what the fuck is going on and then you know he starts off with the fucking uh the show they did something and then they get into fallout and he's like we know we messed up and we got a lot of criticism, deservingly so. But we're going to stick with it. And it's like, fuck, dude, no. You should have just laid on the sword and let the audience verbal... Or he should have just gotten it from the audience. But no, they're all a bunch of fucking, you know, dick suckers and shit at these, at these conferences. And I know they are because when we get to Square Enix, I can go over that one. But holy crap. And that's the thing that, like... They bring out the two, like, creative directors for the project. It's like, we're adding Battle Royale for free this week. And with our new Wanderers pack, we're giving you what you want. NPCs, conversation options, and it's all a free update. And it's like, you mean shit that people were asking for the first game? Now, I, I loved how they did turn it, though. And they're like, hey, this is part of a journey and story. You were the first to emerge from the vault. Um, <clears throat> you know, and... And, and you're the ones to establish, you know, West Virginia. Now people have heard about it in Appalachia and they're coming to like, I think that's great from a storytelling standpoint. That is something I said they should have done and explained to the audience from day one why there was no quest givers or human NPCs. And they didn't do that. Um, they use this now to kind of go backtrack and like, oh, yeah, we kind of meant to do this. It's like, no, you didn't. People are eating your shit. Your game fucking sucks. And you are trying so hard to get people to come back. And that's what it is. And if it works, great. But it's just so hard. And uh, fuck that, dude. They can just suck my balls. I hate Bethesda. Um, so with that said, and that train wreck, I'm going to move on from that. I'm already getting a headache thinking about them again. Um, we're going to start off with Ubisoft's press conference, which happened today on Monday at 1 o'clock Pacific time. So kind of like how I did with the Xbox conference breakdown, I was going through watching it. I just did some quick notes of games they showed, like my initial thoughts on it. And kind of afterwards, I, tr I try to think about it a little bit. So I'm not doing, I'm not talking out of my ass too much, you know, more so than usual. So they started off with the, the show with the Assassin's Creed Symphony. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Keep it going. It's typical Ubisoft. Like they, they have their style of how they do their pressers and they do not disappoint when it comes to that. So they did the Assassin's Creed Symphony. I was like, okay, cool. And then they get into Watch Dogs. And this is a game that leaked out before, but it's officially titled Watch Dogs Legion. Um, I honestly was, eh, we, we know the story with the first Watch Dogs when it premiered E3. And when we got the game, it was very, very different from what we got. And then Watch Dogs 2, I personally skipped it. It's just a universe that I'm okay with. I, I'm, And again, it goes back to how they make Assassin's Creed these open world third person games are just so full of fluff it feels like to me and so full of boring grind it's just not for me it's not my cup of tea anymore i maybe if it was like 10 years ago i would be super hyped for this um for these types of games but i'm not 
However, with this, I have to say, when the director comes out and they're like, you know, we're in between generations, so I wonder how legit this is, for them to come out and say, we are trying to do something vastly different and not just do the status quo and play it safe for the third game. We are trying to push the game. Normally, Ubisoft, I think 10 years ago, would have kept it safe. So I hope this feature that they talked about and went out of their way to show gameplay of, which, thank you so much for that. I want to see the gameplay. Hopefully it's legit. I think they've learned their lesson from showing false footage from the first Watch Dogs. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And it, what they're trying to accomplish and put in this game, that's amazing. I wonder if that's enough to carry the game or if there's definitely more to it. Um, or is this just like, hey, this is our one trick we have, our one magic trick. So hopefully this is enough for you for the game. And it's it's pretty dope, don't get me wrong. Um, for them to do this at the end of a generation, I think, is amazing on their part. So um, the, the whole idea behind it is you can recruit any and every NPC you come across in the game. To me, that is awesome. Use your phone to scan them, and they have their base stats of like, oh, this person is a drone expert. This person's uh, more about melee. They all have different personalities and looks. Um, So you can have a guy that's like an MI6 agent. You can have someone that's like this kind of cyberpunk kind of thing. The game takes place in London, and the government has been just basically a, a watch state, if you will. So they're observing everything you do. So you play the role of a resistance fighter, and it's your job to recruit your your rebel army, if you will, your underground movement, and and overthrow the government kind of thing. So I was like, that's dope. I'm, I'm all for that stuff. A little bit Star Wars there. And um, it, it was good what they showed. I really did like the gameplay for the most part. The guy in the beginning, when he puts the mask on, I didn't know where I was like, okay, that's definitely scripted. And then um, I love the idea that there's permadeath in this game that you can lose people. Um, that's always just cool to me. I love that fear. It makes, it forces you, the player, not to feel like Rambo. And I think there's, when there's weighted consequences to gameplay, that's when you play something really cool and special. And it makes your palms sweaty, makes you nervous, and makes you think. And if you fuck up, depending how legit the permadeath is, um, because they were showing this guy getting shot a couple of times pretty easily and he was going down. So that I'm curious to see how they balance. And I think they may have just had it for the demo because there's no way you can lose characters that fast. That would be that would be kind of legit. It would make sense if you can recruit any NPC for that to happen. Um, but it definitely would force the players with that quick of permadeath to really weigh their options and scale and kind of go from there. So when they did this, they cut to this old lady who's a hacker. And I was like, actually, this is legit. She's walking very slowly and gingerly and everything. And I'm like, oh, God, this is like, don't get me wrong. I don't set up to play video games to be an old woman. But this is kind of like different. This is cool. I haven't seen this before. But then it got comical where they're showing her like beating people up. And I'm like, what is this? Why is she taking guards down? Like, this is so weird. Um, so they kind of lost me a little bit there with that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm curious to see because they said this is going to all be fluent. So depending on the character you choose, you have to do their origin story. That's how you recruit them into um, I think it's called TSEC, the the rebel organization. But I wonder how this works because they're showing like conversations via cutscenes, and everything they said is every NPC is fully thought out. They have their own voice, their own look, and everything. Um, I, I don't know how the hell they did this. This is insane. So the release date for that is March sixth of twenty twenty. So I'll, I'll I'll keep my eyes on it. I'm very very curious about it. So then they had um, Rob from Sunny in Philadelphia. He came on stage and showed. 
a quick little preview of his new TV show that he's working on. He's teamed up with UB to make a, a new show based off of video game development, and it's going to be an Apple TV Plus exclusive, I assume. And uh, and I, I just loved it because the, the core game that they're talking about is an MMORPG, and that in itself from a development standpoint can lead to, I think some amazing stories and you can have quite the show on your hands. So I was digging that. Um, then they went into rainbow six siege updates and they showed some stuff, some new um, content that's coming out, all free stuff. And then they showed adventure time comes to bra bro brahala. I've never heard of brahala. I don't know what the hell that is, but I mean, cool. I, I think I'm just going to stick with Super Smash Bros because that's exactly what it looks like. Um, then they went into Ghost Recon Breakpoint. This was disappointing in the sense of I was hoping for a new slice of gameplay because this is a game I am looking forward to, to play this year. And they didn't, and I they just showed two new trailers, and they were fine. Um, but I have to give this probably an A-plus as a conference, and the best conference. Why, you may ask? Because A, they bring out the fucking Punisher, and two, he comes out with the fucking cutest fucking pit bull and i'm like you bring a dog on stage and it just sits there and looks adorable you got me sold take my money here you go i don't care about whatever else is it you're saying um so they kind of go into a little more details about it and they bring out their community manager and she you know says hey post-launch content we listened to you guys it was a request of yours after we unveiled the game and we will be bringing ai teammates for solo players uh, and then they announced Ghost Recon Delta Company. It's a new community program. So more for those people that love Ubisoft and that franchise specifically to get involved. So good on Ubi. They're listening to their fan base. They're, they're getting them involved. But then they showed this teaser of like the Terminator music. And they showed like the Terminator eyes light up red. And it, then it just said Breakpoint. So I remember they did Predator dlc with ghost recon wildlands if they're bringing fucking terminator to the party i don't know what the hell that's going to look or feel like i'm all up for it like give me fucking terminator it's like wonder if gears is pissed like the coalition like hey you fuckers you gave us the license for terminator in our game <laughs> um and then they showed some like mobile rpg featuring like random characters from like your favorite ubisoft games um the only person that they showed that I was like, oh, I know who that is. And that was Sam Fisher. So no Splinter Cell remake. So that's great. Way to bastardize Sam Fisher, UB. And then, of course, oh, God, uh, make it stop. They brought out the Dance and Panda for Dance Just Dance 2020. Like, what is happening? Um, then they went into For Honor DLC. Cool. If you're into that still. And then they showed, oh, and then they showed, like, this teaser for Rainbow Six Quarantine. And it's all CGI crap. They didn't show any gameplay. They'll do that later, they said. And that always pisses me off. But it's a three-player co-op that's PvE-focused. And it looks like you're fighting some kind of aliens or something. And it's first person, maybe. Um, I would assume so. That's what I think Rainbow Six Siege is. So, I, I don't know. I saw something like that. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You're taking it in, different, in a different avenue, a franchise. You're making it horror-filled. That's kind of fucking dope. Like, that gets me curious. Maybe not excited, but curious. Like, what else are you doing with that? Um, and then, of course, because, oh, you got God bless and got to love Microsoft for what they do. Um, Uplay Plus. What is this, you ask? It's Ubisoft's video game streaming service <laughs> uh, for $14.99 per month. And it comes out September of this year. Um, 
it was it, it's basically hey play every ubisoft game and we will also include new releases as well um, i'm not sure if that's everything underneath the sun or selected titles but the kicker is unless i miss something this is coming exclusively to google stadia at the moment which if you're launching an exclusive streaming ser- or your own streaming service put it on as many platforms as you can like i understand it's google and you guys have like this partnership and you're all in on what google's about with their streaming service okay cool but you're putting all your eggs in that basket why you have a very short window that people are willing to give you money per month for a subscription service you got to get them in your ecosystem now as much as you can so i don't know how long this is going to be exclusive for and i just don't know why you do that in the first place but who knows but my favorite is the gal so this lady that comes out to announce all this holy crap she needs i wish someone gave her a comb it looks like she just got out of bed and her um her confidence talking to that audience is like someone just let her out of a basement like she's been in quarantine herself or something or in captivity like what is happening does anyone like when they do rehearsals are they like totally okay when they talk or I mean, it looks like she's only talked to one person at a time her whole entire life. And I'm just like, oh, this is horrible. What is happening? Um, And then they showed Roller Champions. It's a roller derby game. Like, Ubisoft, I appreciate you trying to break barriers and do something different and new. I hope the budget's not a lot for this. But um, they're doing a beta sign-up that you can do now and try out the demo on PC if you want to. Again, why you don't do that for more platforms, I have no idea. And I don't know. The game looks just kind of like... It's just, I don't know. Like, just it, it didn't do anything for me. I'll just put it that way. Um, and plus, all the player models look like folks who owe other people money. <laughs> it just looks like, I don't know, it looks like garbage to me. And then last but not least, they close the show out with a new game, a new IP, which they showed. And I'm like, okay, you have me because it's ancient Greece. But then you don't tell me fucking shit about this game and what it's about. It's just, here's a new game we've worked on. And um, we'll tell you more about it later. And it's like, okay, all right. Like, uh, thanks for taking the time. Did you just need something to fill out the rest of your hour and a half of the show? But it's called Gods and Monsters. And they say it comes out February of next year. Um, so I, are we going to see more at Gamescom? Maybe. I, I don't know. It's just, it was very, like, animated looking game, if that makes sense. Um, if it doesn't, then don't blame me. They did a shitty job of creating a teaser for it. I just know it takes place in ancient Greece. And I'm curious just off of that alone. Um, And then last but not least, moving on to our final conference of this evening, Square Enix. I think this is the one that I said I was very excited about because of the new Avengers game. And to kind of go through their list a little bit. First off, I don't know who is in the crowd. If they're like workers, I assume most of them are. But no matter what the game was, for the most part, they everyone lost their shit. Like, it was the second coming of Jesus, announced after announced. It was insane to me. Now, I'm going to go through the list here pretty quickly. But, see if, we'll talk about it. See if you can pick up on a theme, and then we'll double back on it. So, they start off with the Final Fantasy VII Remake. This is a game I've been, I wouldn't say critical, but I had questions about. When they showed the latest trailer at PlayStation State of Play a couple weeks ago, I was like, "Uh, I don't know about this game. Like, I know there's development issues in the background. It's been taking forever to get made. It looked just like they're ripping off the Kingdom Hearts 3 engine. 
Um, but I have to say, after they showed the trailer, I was like, oh, I mean, it looks beautiful. Um, but then they showed gameplay. Like, they went into detail. They talked about things on you, which is what I'm looking for in an E3 conference. So they had me there. Um, and it still looks like they're using the Kingdom Hearts 3 engine, but at least they kind of tweaked it and modernized it a little bit more with certain stuff. So, and I think this is going to be episodic, if I believe, right? I don't know if they ever changed that. So that's a little bit weird for a game like this, but no, the graphically, it looked great. It looked like the player or the character models were awesome. Um, And then they had one shot in the trailer towards the end, like they show a big boss fight and that was cool. That was fine. I don't know how that's going to feel though, where it's just like, your button mashing to get your meter fill so you can do a special move. I think that could get repetitive, but I, I don't know. I'm curious to see. I'd love if they did a, be- a demo for this, how, how that's all going to play out. But they did show like this cool motorcycle sequence where Cloud is running and you're pressing the, or on the motorcycle, he's riding and people are attacking him. You're pressing X to like hit people. He was on his back at one shot and this guy's on top of him hammering away and he's blocking it with his sword. So stuff like that. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I just want to see more about this because I just have this weird feeling it's going to be like a Kingdom Hearts 3 situation all over again. And then they showed a, a trailer for Life is Strange 2. Again, I'm waiting for all the episodes to come out and I have to check to see if they are. Um, but yeah, they like showed a bunch of fucking spoilers. Like I haven't played the games or any of your episodes for the season yet. Like I haven't seen any of this shit. So unless I'm really behind, then that's on me. But then they go and they show a bunch of streamers. And they did that shit with the Ubisoft conference. I forgot what game it was. It's like they showed these streamers like losing their shit with a fucking webcam tight to their face. Like, that is emotional. Oh, no. The dog. Yeah, I love the dog. I'm like, I like dogs, too. But this is fucking ridiculous. Like, I I don't understand, like, why they... I, I think this is... Square Enix thinks this is how you stay popular with the modern audiences. And I just don't get that. But then they go and they show... uh. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Chronic Remake Coup. Um, Octopath Travelers coming to Steam. The Last Remnant Remaster. Dragon Quest Two Builders. Graphically, that looked really good. I'm just not my 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 cup of tea to be honest with you. And then Dragon Quest Eleven, the Definitive Edition. And then they showed like a sequence of indie trailers. Which, by the way, I didn't know you or Square Enix did this. That they funded like all these um, indie titles. And some of the games they showed, like they showed Fear Effect. And I was like, what the fuck? When did they do this? When did they make these games? This looks kind of dope. And then they showed like, oh, there's a new racing game that's part of this program coming out this year kind of thing or for next year. And going back to the pattern, if you will. Um, yeah, it was what's with all the fucking remasters and remakes? It's like we're bringing shit over from East or we're taking these games that you played like 10, 15 years ago and we're remaking them and they're coming to Switch. And most of them don't come to Xbox, which is hilarious to me. Um, and everyone loses their shit. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, they're just recycling. It's like the Capcom treatment. Um, so I was just like, oh, all right, that's cool. I mean, let's be honest. Um, or I'm going to be honest with you. Most of Square Enix's catalog and the audience they target is not me. Like, I know that going in. So I know I'm being critical of and I'm sure there's people listening that are like, I love uh, The Last Remnant. I played it 85 years ago, and it's one of my favorite JRPG, MMO, light, action RPGs ever. And I'm like, that's cool. That's great. 
there's an audience for that. And if you feel like the vast majority of people that are watching E3 are, is that audience, hey, and I'm in the minority about it, then go. I should go fuck myself then, you know what I mean? Like, go for it. But again, I'm watching this in the rhythm of, I'm like, oh, another remaster, another remake. Oh, this is, they changed it now, guys. It's definitive edition. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. You just, you guys aren't, aren't missing a beat with that stuff. And so after the indie trailer segment, they go into Battalion 1942 it's a World War II squad game coming to Steam. I, I don't know. It looked fucking generic as hell. Um, then they're at, they had a, that was a cool little commercial they did. But this lady's like um, talking with an orchestra, or there's an orchestra, and every time she's going flipping through her phone of what original Final Fantasy piece soundtrack she wants to listen to, the band is like, oh, waiting for her and everything. It was cheesy, but yeah, I get it. Helps break it up a little bit. And then that's when they made the announcement. All the original Final Fantasy soundtracks that you love are coming to your favorite, you know, music streaming services. And it's like, all right, that's cool. I mean, people like it, I guess. Um, then they said, hey, Kingdom Hearts 3 DLCs coming this winter. Awful trailer. It, there was no audio except like music in the background. And it was all like sub, like subtitles. It was really strange how they did it. And I'm like, I, I don't get that franchise. And then they came out with Final Fantasy XIV Online, their new expansion, Shadowbringer, show the trailer. It looks cool. Like, I'm down with it. I, I'm killing... I'm jonesing for a great MMO. I fucking wish they would bring this to Xbox. And from my understanding, the holdup is that Xbox is not okay with it unless they make it cross-platform play. So, I mean, fuck Xbox, right? That they wanted people to play together. Um... And then they show Dying Light 2. So much rolling around in this gameplay, like this trailer, I should say. And it looked the same to me as what Xbox showed at their conference. And it's like Mirror's Edge with zombies, I guess. Um, then they announced Romancing Solo 3. Saga Solid Grace. I put a question mark. I don't think I got the title right. But I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, it all looks the same to me. All remakes, remasters, they all fucking look the same. But everyone's losing their mind. Um, and then... Oh, then they went into this whole thing where there's a... Did you guys know there's a Final Fantasy Brave Evictus universe? What the fuck, man? Like, they, they're getting their money's worth out of Final Fantasy. I'll tell you that. Um, and then, so they have this game, War of Visions. It's part of this universe. And it, it looked like a Game of Thrones ripoff. They're showing the different territories. And instead of, like, the Starks, who represent the wolf being north or east, but they show the Lannisters uh, with the Red Lions. And I'm like... God, like, get original here. And I, I do have in my notes, fuck, this is boring. Why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> um, and then People Can Fly come out. They have a new game. Uh, guys that did Gears of War Judgment and, oh, what was their original? Oh, Bulletstorm. And I love they show this new reveal trailer. And at the very bottom, it caps, this is not gameplay. <laughs> and the game is called Outriders. Um, I have no idea what it's about. It says it's summer 2020. I put my ass down because there's no way that's going to make the release. And they described it. The director came out. And of course, no gameplay, right? Dark modern shooter. You have a custom character. And then they showed this video of like behind the scenes at the studio with like these little glimpse shots on their monitors of the game in action. And from what I could deem, I'm like, so this is like your take on Gears of War. That's all this is. They're like, this is the game when we left Epic, we've always wanted to make. I'm like, so you wanted to make like Gears of War, but you wanted more freedom, like in terms of what the game would be about. Cool. All right. Like, keep it moving. Um, and then Onanaki. I don't even know what that is. Is that a typo? 
I think there's a game called Lunaki. I, I don't know. I, it sounds like a Greek word to me. Um, and then they did the... Oh, this is when, like, you thought everyone was losing their shit in this conference. Then they announced the Final Fantasy VIII, not remake, but remaster. Um, so, like, I wonder if, depending on the sales, are they then going to do the Final Fantasy VII remake treatment of it? But everyone lost their shit and everything. I'm like, cool, I played this back in the day when I was a kid. I'm not jonesing to go back. But, again, that's... Again, like I said, this audience and their games and their portfolio, most of it is not ears towards me. But we finally get to the finale, and they showed Marvel's Avengers. Um, I wrote down with my notes here, looks fucking amazing. Now, keep in mind, I am a Marvel nerd. I'm a huge fanboy when it comes to this stuff. The fact that they are doing a Marvel video game universe that's connected to, like, Spider-Man from PS4... That is amazing to me. If you go back and you look at Spider-Man gameplay, like the cutscenes and the dialogue that's going on, go look at that and and then compare it to this and tell me they do not have a very, very eerily similar feel. Because they're connected, I'm telling you. So, it is a up to four-player co-op game. There's five heroes you can choose from. Cap, Thor, Black Widow, and Iron Man. And then definitely RPG mechanics to it so you can kind of level up I, I assume via experience and, and tweak your character to your play style and I think this the story that they set up is really awesome it takes place on Avengers Day what they called A-Day um, Avengers are something goes wrong and, and there's a huge accident that occurs and the Avengers are outlaws and they get disbanded so five years later um, they said the story is a massive focus on just the intensity of what the Avengers are going through. So it looks like they're going towards very intimate conversations, dialogue, intensity, trying to make you, the player, feel something via their dialogue and their story. It's not just pound, pound, punch, punch, explosion. That got me excited. The fact that they, they're, this is what they're saying, whether they actually execute it and do it or it's all lip service, that remains to be seen. From some of the scenes they did show, there is a lot of that Marvel humor to it, like that heart. At the very end, they showed Ant-Man, and he shoots his gun to shrink this giant mech bot down. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. Um, so they have that down. And then there's like, but then they show this intense, like, emotional scene between Iron Man five years later and um, Bruce Banner kind of, like, getting into it. Like, we've no, we fucking failed Cap. You know, it's our fault. And he's like, no, it's your fault, dude, because you fucked up you let your ego get in the way and it's like what the fuck dude you don't see this in games too often um and usually the ones that do uh they get it right most of the time nine out of ten and it becomes an emotional thing it's so easy to get excited about you blowing things up as iron man you need that but you need the reasonings behind it so from that point of view they had me all I mean, holy shit, dude. I was I was, I was, was rock hard. I was watching. I was losing my mind. Um, they did say they're going to have a growing roster. This is a games as a service. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. My worry slash concerns when it comes to that. But they said, hey, no loot boxes, no pay to win. That I'm very curious to see if anyone asks them any more questions in the media about that. If anyone does their fucking job and follows up with these developers and really asks them some good questions and put them in the corner. Um, we don't have to look very far. We can look at the, you know, the, the douchebags at Bethesda where they came out recently in a PC gamer interview and they said when asked about well, what about your pay to win with the um, auto repair kits that you put in it goes against what you promised your audience 
and they're like, oh yeah, we don't we, we think it's a gray area. We we think that the auto repair kit's not a big deal. It's not pay to win. So it's about what you believe it to be, not an actuality. So that's something that people can follow up with. And then what made me say in my notes here, so I was all on board, this is great. I did see some reaction right off the bat that people were like, oh, the, the character models look weird. They look dumb. They look bad. What the fuck are you on? What game did you just watch? Like, what? Like, I get it. I wanted a gameplay slice too. But as far as the little collage trailer they showed, you can see it. There's no UI overlay, but it's third person. They're playing it over and it looks great. It looks fun. And it's their version of making Destiny. Uh, this could be simplifying it, but them making their version of Destiny via the Marvel brand. And I hope with more, you know, story that actually matters and meaningful dialogue, which it's so far, it seems that they do. Um, and so, yeah, really heavy on the storytelling. So I'm, I'm actually, I wasn't expecting that. That makes me very excited. Um, they're going to add stuff throughout the game as we know. So we'll see what kind of state it is when it launches. That's always a good one. Um, but yeah, I love how it's up to four-player co-op. It's not an open world. Like, you're in the city, and then all of a sudden, boom, you see, you know, someone playing Spider-Man swinging by kind of thing. Like, I, I want to see how this vision of their game, as a game's a service, how this all rolls out. That'd be kind of cool. I want to see how this goes down. Um, but then, where they lost me completely, that made me write, fuck you on my notes, is uh, exclusivity with Sony. Or PlayStation specifically. This was a hard, hard pill to swallow. And and speaking of the gameplay front, before I rant and I start foaming at the mouth about this, they are like, we have, you can play the gameplay slice that we have hands-on, but it's exclusive to our booth. Like, is this like some shit behind the scenes we don't know about where E3 is struggling with attendance because they charge an arm and a leg that they're like, this is their way of saying, hey, we want you to come, but... Can you make sure you have exclusive stuff that no one can experience at home? Or, excuse me, only the people that attend? Like, I, I think we're trying to see a pattern here, and I'm, I'm not liking where this is going too much. But as far as the PlayStation, PlayStation exclusive crap, <sighs> beta access to PS4 people first, and they say it's special exclusives. The target release date for this game at the moment is May 15th of next year. So... <sighs> I don't think they're going to handicap Spider-Man. I really hope not because people are going to riot. But they'll do stuff where like, oh, you know that Spider-Man 4 skin he wore in the PS4 version of the game? That's exclusive to PlayStation. I'm sure there's more costumes and cosmetics that are too. And it wouldn't surprise me if certain levels are. You know, it really wouldn't. Now, is this fucking stupid? Is this probably going to bite him in the ass? Down the road, it probably will. Depends what level of exclusivity it is. Um, I think if it's content gated, mm, have fun managing that wildfire in the audience. You took the check from PlayStation, have fun with that. And I just, I don't understand. Like, what's to gain from this? This is being tone deaf. This is not understanding the waves and the course that the industry is going into, where you are going to have people that are not going to buy this game or buy it for on the very, very cheap and not give you any money for cosmetics because of this choice. And they will. People will. And if you think you're a casual person that's going to see this game and be like, I'm going to get it, they're going to support it, go ask Destiny 2 and Bungie how that worked out. Go ask them. It's not going to work out for you. So um, 
<clears throat> I'm I still like what I saw, but it, it it damaged it. It damaged the feeling I had after I unveiled when they came out with this. Clearly, Xbox is my preferred platform, but even when I played Destiny on PS or Destiny One on PS4 when it launched, the exclusivity shit was fucking gross. It was horrible. Stop doing that shit. Don't burden people because of the platform they play on for simple stupid things. I'm not saying the game should come out on 360. That's not what I'm saying. But stuff like this, I just, I don't understand it. You don't, do you really need the money and the exclusivity deal that bad? <laughs> I, I highly doubt it, Square Enix. So um, with that said, guys, that's going to do it for me for part two of two of my E3 2019 roundup. Tell me, tell me, how'd you feel about E3 or Pacific conferences? Am I a fool for not getting screaming at my television for Last Remnant the Remaster? I don't know. You tell me. And you can do that by sending your listener questions to thehavenpc at gmail.com or connecting with us on our official Instagram. And then I do stream from time to time over on the Mixer. Links in the description um, of this episode and every episode on how you can get involved and connect as via that. If you like what you heard or even if you're about it, um, lots of ways you can help support the podcast and help it grow. Um, and I would definitely appreciate, uh, you don't have to, it's okay. But if you would kindly write, rate, write, rate, review, subscribe, like, dislike, I don't know, all that good stuff, all that bullshit on your podcast listening platform of choice, it would be greatly appreciated. So again, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed it making it for you. I am going to go get a giant glass of water. I'm going to go eat some local strawberries. I'm going to go take an Advil. I am tired. I am beat. But I definitely wanted to get this out to you. But in all seriousness, thank you guys. And I hope you all had a wonderful E3. And we still have, like, what, three more days of it? Maybe not from conferences other than Nintendo. But we're going to see a bunch of gameplay shit come out to you. So I think as far as the conferences and pressers go, yeah, it was pretty yeah, it was pretty average, to say the least. Um, if you want to call it disappointing, I wouldn't blame you. But we'll see what happens on like the show front, like with gameplay and everything like that. I'm hoping we see some really cool stuff. But I will be back officially to talk with you all this upcoming Friday for we're back to our regular schedule programming of our weekly uh, video game focused episode. So yet again, guys, hope you enjoy and I will talk to you this Friday. Take care. <laughs>